Uh, well, I want to welcome uh, you here. I want to welcome those watching in Issaquah and Duval as well. As we're in the middle of this series, enjoying right now, one of the things I've noticed is after an amazing summer, we've had a little bit of rain. And have you noticed that people get a little bit crazy now uh, when it rains? Yeah, I-, I was reminded of some pictures, some of my favorite ones from uh, last season. And it- it's amazing what people will do no matter how bad the rain is. There's this one gentleman returning a shopping cart. Isn't that great? He's like, you know, I'm going to do this. Uh, This is another one. If you prayed for rain, you can stop now. Uh, I I thought this one was creative. Look at this. They're tailgating. Uh, And of course, this is my favorite picture. You got to look close. He was asleep in the rain and it didn't bother him at all. You know, you think about uh, some of the, uh, the storms that, that we have and the storms uh, of life, and the storms that really undo us are not the storms that are outside of us, uh, but the storms that are inside of us. And here, if you really want to, you know, if you have to check out early today for some reason, want to give you uh, the, the Reader's Digest uh, version of this, is we're going to look at how something different can be going on inside of us than what's going on outside of us and how God engineers that. You ever have just, just a bad, bad day? How many people ever have a bad day? Yeah, okay, yeah. We all have bad days. I remember uh, last summer when it was really hot, uh, we didn't have air conditioning. We got air conditioning this summer, which is great because my wife finally decides she loves me. So that was great. Uh, but she didn't love me last summer. And it was one of those, uh, uh, one of those times where like everything was going wrong. Uh, our, our home, we started to have some things break uh, around, uh, around the home. And our, it was super hot inside the house. I couldn't sleep. Uh, but then our oven broke. And so it's like, so our house is hot and our oven is cold. And the only way I could cook things was to put it on the counter. I mean, it was really uh, pretty bad. And then we had spiders that were getting inside of our house. And I kid you not, it was topped off by our washer, which is on the second story, flooding. And I was thinking, God, do you just not like me very much? Have you, ever, have you ever felt like that when life can be like that? And yet we would want us to go through that without letting that really determine who we are at the very core. We've been in this series uh, called Enjoying Right Now. And, and the premise is this, is that it's a battle to experience the kind of joy uh, that, that God wants it, wants for us. And we have to battle some things uh, in our own life. I want to give you a little bit of context uh, right now as we, as we look at uh, prayer versus worry, which is really the theme of this, uh, in the book of Philippians. Let's look at our, our very first verse. It says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. And when you think about this, I want to let you uh, understand or remind you of the context of this. Remember that the Apostle Paul is in prison when he writes this. And I didn't say this last week, but he is awaiting basically a, uh, a death sentence. There's a death sentence for him. Uh, and so he's waiting there. Uh, and then he describes some of the things that he had gone through uh, 
uh, in his life, this person who writes about joy. He talks about how he had been shipwrecked, uh, how uh, he had spent a day and a half at open sea. He had received the 39 lashes, the same thing that Jesus did, uh, was whipped uh, five different times. Uh, he had been stoned, and not recreationally, it's the, the, it's the other kind, the bad, well, they're both bad. Anyway, that's a whole other topic. Will you edit this out of the video? Uh, the, uh, 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 we're, we're uh... okay, I'm going to read my notes. So this, was, this went wrong. Hi, I'm Ben, I'm the pastor here at, at... <laughs> okay, uh, so, so you, you get my point though. Uh, is that he's going through all these uh, really uh, significant trials, and yet he talks about joy. And, and then he, he, he talks in the book of Philippians about the battle for joy. There, all three battles are introduced in chapter one, and we're doing an overview looking at chapters two, three, and four. Last week, we looked at chapter two, uh, which is the battle of together versus alone. Uh, we're going to look next week, we're going to wrap up the series at look at the battle of progress versus perfection. I think this is going to be really helpful, especially for those of you who are raised in a religious environment. Uh, but today, uh, we're going to look at the battle of prayer versus worry. And really another way you could put this, because it's really so much more than prayer, it's a sense of trusting God uh, with our lives. Well, what is prayer? Let's give a, a definition uh, for that. Uh, prayer is an act of trust that develops peace and confidence. Prayer is an act of, when you're praying, that's what's happening. Uh, you can think of it this way. Think of if you read uh, books. Uh, I still sometimes read the, the paper kinds. They still make those. And in a story, there'll be a crisis and then there'll be uh, usually some sort of resolution at the end of the book. And in between that, they call that the liminal space, the space where uh, you're working through it, and that's where a character or the character is developed. And that's the same thing that happens in our life. In fact, you ever uh, wonder why if God, you know, if God knows what we need, uh, why he still wants us to communicate with him. Because uh, the goal isn't just to meet our needs. The goal is that we would develop a sense of relationship and intimacy with him. And in fact, let's face it, as you talk about worry, one of the biggest sources of worry is a sense of uh, disconnect from God in who he is. And so as, as we look at uh, how to win this battle more often, that really leads to the first one, uh, first fill-in, is we need to start with a God decision. Uh, and that's, there's really several layers of the God decision in this. The first one is, is there a God? You know, that's a, a, we talked about that a lot this summer. Do I believe in him? Will I invite him in my life? And, and the third one is really, where probably most of us are at, and this is where our battle is, is will I let uh, God lead my life? Will I let him lead my life? In Psalm 56.3, it says this. Uh, it says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. And then number two uh, is to put everything on the table. And I want to spend most of our time here 
And this is really uh, where Paul is trying to break through uh, some of the religious niceties and, and get down to what it means to develop an authentic faith and uh, what it means to know God in a way and how that happens when we're honest with him. Here's what it, what it says. It says, Don't, uh, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Uh, now, if you will look at that, I want you to underline a few things if you're, keeping, if you're taking notes. Underline anything, underline everything, and underline petition. Basically, those three words, it's, it's a repetition where he's saying, uh, yes, talk to God, but be detailed. Tell him what's really on your heart, not a generalized prayer like, oh, God, help me. But God, will you meet me with what I'm going through right now? Well, let's dig down in that. What does that mean? Uh, part of it is our, our what. Uh, and that's, that may be uh, the thing that uh, brings us joy. It could be that we're saying, God, I want more of that in, in my life. We talked about that, that uh, it's good to experience uh, joy as long as it's not sinful. I had to include that for some of you. And, uh, but maybe uh, the what is different than that. The what is a job loss. The, uh, the what is cancer. It, it's it's uh, just a difficulty in our heart and in our soul. And I know that your what is probably very real, uh, but have you, have you talked to God about that? Have you brought that before him? I, I, I remember when I was in graduate school down in California, I had this uh, car, it was an old Volkswagen, and I was on the freeway, on the 101 freeway in rush hour, and finally uh, my car had died. I could tell it had died because it had caught on fire, and uh, I kid you not, and this is another, this tells you about LA if you're ever thinking of moving down there. It took like, you know, a good 30, 40 minutes for anyone to show up. They're like, okay, a car's on fire, this is Los Angeles, these things happen. And so I was without a car. And I remember God provide transportation for me. And I had a job, and I was also in graduate school. And then I, I'm like, you know, praying specifically, and then I looked at my bike. I'm like, God, that's not the kind of transportation I was talking about. Uh, so, uh, but for a, for a whole semester, uh, I would bike to work 45 minutes, and then I would bike back. Now, fortunately, this was Southern California. If it was Detroit in the winter, that would have been a big deal. But uh, this was good, and I was uh, actually in pretty good shape in that time in my life, whether I wanted to be or not. And so uh, I, I got an internship uh, that, that summer. I was in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And uh, as I was there interning, I was staying with a family. And the family, he was an executive uh, with uh, General Motors, and he had gotten a company car that he had driven, and it was this big old Cadillac. Do you remember the Cadillacs like when they used to be super long? So, and, and he said, hey, you know, God just sort of put this on my heart. Do you want my car? And I said, yeah, but I really want that one. But he gave me the old one anyway. So, uh, uh, and so here I am. I'm driving like a drug dealer, you know. <laughs> I am. By the way, if you've ever driven one of these huge Cadillacs, you do drive them like this. 
and they just sort of float down the highway, and you're going 90 miles per hour. And uh, so I lived in Los Angeles, actually in a very rough part of Los Angeles, with my old Cadillac, <laughs> and people are always asking me if I have anything for sale, you know. <laughs> but it, it was very funny how it was God's, really God's miraculous uh, provision. I never asked for anything, uh, but I had a specific need. And you know what I'd like to say? I'd like to say that I have that same level of faith today, and, and I'm really trying to be there. But when I was uh, back in my 20s, and I believed, I knew God was going to provide for me. I knew he was going to meet me. I didn't know how. And there's a confidence in it. And you're saying, well, why did you believe that God just gives you, did you, if you pray a certain way, by the way, there's all sorts of books. Can I save you a lot of money? All the books that say, pray this way and God will answer your prayers. They're not good, let me put it that way. Because that's manipulating God. That really, that's paganism. That's what that is. See, God is a father who loves you. And he wants to meet your needs. And, and, and he wants to, to meet us in those things. Does that mean that God will always answer every prayer? Yes, no. Because the end game is that we would not have anxiety and worry. Really, that, the Bible even talks about that being a sin. Because we trust him. And see, that's what prayer is about. In fact, uh, I, I've included in your programs a bookmark. I know we don't actually use books anymore, but I couldn't figure out a better way to deliver it to you. I did this a few years ago. Uh, with an acronym, an acrostic, uh, with the word pray. Uh, just for those of you who are not much of a prayer person, I shared before, prayer has been the growing edge of my faith. I've always been a great Bible reader. Uh, I've read a lot of the Bible, really disciplined, for 30 years. Some of you are saying, wow, since you've been like two years old. <laughs> so, uh, but prayer, I've, I've really developed that discipline. And I'll tell you what, it's brought me more peace in my life. It really has. Uh, and, and some are practical before we get into it. Some practical just having a time for prayer. And I've decided that mostly my time for prayer is when I walk my dog, Jack. About 20 minutes, I talk to God. Uh, the only downside is, is that sometimes people see me talking out loud because I move my lips, they think I'm crazy. Uh, other downside is Jack thinks I'm praying to him. <laughs> but uh, but when, I, when I pray, I just spend that time because I need that focus time because I'm the type of person who gets distracted easily. And I'm like, oh God, please, oh, there's a bird. And that's sort of my prayer life. Uh, so uh, I, I find time usually early in the morning to be with God. And to talk to them. So here's my habit. This might help you, uh, especially if you're not much of a prayer, is uh, the P in the word prayer is for praise. Always start thanking God for what he's done, for who he is. Because here, here's, doesn't it just make sense that we would want to acknowledge God for his goodness in our life? And if you struggle with anxiety and worry, and by the way, it runs in my family. Like I've said, you know, we, we, we like mainline Zoloft in my family. And so it's, 
Anxiety is big in my family. Uh, but if you don't recognize where God is working, you will always have anxiety for the rest of your life. And you'll never be able to get rid of it. Because you won't recognize the goodness that God's bringing into your life. I, I, I remember times where God has answered my prayers and I haven't even recognized it till years later. So uh, you, you, would, you would say, God, I thank you for what you've, I thank you for who you are. I thank you maybe that you brought me to you if you've come in a relationship with God. Uh, and then the R in the word pray is for uh, repent. Uh, now you might think of someone who is, you know, standing out in a street corner, repent, turn or burn. Uh, repent really means this. It's, uh, it, it means that you're going one way and you turn the other way, that I'm going, I'm going my own way, and I say, no, God, I'm going to go your way. Do you have any areas where you're going your own way that you need to repent of? If you can't think of a massive person who came with you. <laughs> the, the, we, we all do. See, first we're saying, God, I recognize you are good and you are powerful and you have provided. Secondly, God, I, that, that I've not lived life on your terms and I want to align myself with you every day. And then, then you get to the one that we think about with prayer, and that's to ask. Uh, to ask God. Now, I've, I've said this before because especially there's like some people new spiritual movements. So if you're not very spiritual, if you ask God for things, if you pray and you're asking God for things, that means you're not very spiritual. Here's the problem with that thought. Almost all the prayer in the Bible is asking God for something. So that's really, it's a good thing because it's like a, a father. In fact, God is called our heavenly father. Maybe not the one you had, maybe the one you wish you had. And he wants you to, to ask him. And you know what? He loves you enough to say no to you. Some of you have been, uh, got, you're just wondering why. We're going to talk about that in a moment. And God says no because of his sovereign plan and because he loves us. And then the why is yield. Uh, what do I mean by that? That's, that's, that's a prayer of Jesus where you, say, where you say, God, here, I, I, I want this, but at the end of the day, not my will, but your will be done. So here's what we're specific about, our what, also our why. And what, what really, I, I would like to talk about a specific kind of why. Oftentimes this will happen when we lose a loved one to death. When something happens to us that, really it's horrible and heinous, and we know that God wouldn't want that to happen, is where we bring our, our wise to God, and we say, God, if, if you would, reveal it. But also, here's, here's a powerful part, is where we say, God, even if you don't give me an answer this side of heaven, I still trust you. See, some of you, you say, well, hey, I, could, I would be fine. I wouldn't have this, all this anxiety if I could get my questions answered. And here's the truth. That's, that's not going to be the case because you would come up with more whys. Uh, it's okay to engage your brain. We do that a lot around here at Timberlake. But we also have this humility where we say, God, 
there's some things I'm not going to know this side of heaven. You know, I'm sort of hoping, I'm hoping when you get to heaven, the Bible doesn't say all that much what heaven is like, except it's a good place and there's no more pain, no more tears, God's there. I hope there's like a Q&A session when you start out in heaven. Uh, you know, because I sort of want to do, you know, get some of the basics answered, you know, go find Adam and Eve, you know, lift up the shirt, belly button or no belly button, you know, you want to ask that one uh, as well, you know. <laughs> go find Noah and say, hey, you know, you had the mosquitoes there, why didn't you just kill them both and end it for all of it, you know. Uh, we, seriously, though, there, there's, there's the whys that we can bring to God but also surrender to God. And then there's our who. Uh, Because let's face it, that a lot of our anxiety and our stress has a name. (laughs) Sometimes it's sitting next to us. (laughs) We bring it to church with us. And sometimes it's someone we love who's making decisions, and we've tried everything we can to get them to go another way. Uh, And... The truth is we all get to make our own decisions if we follow Jesus. Some of you are parents, and and your parents have older kids, and uh, you were really good parents, better parents, I'm sure, than than I've been. And your your child is like they're, they're just walking away from God and not connecting with him. And and I just want to just say, let that burden go away from you. That that they need to make that decision on their own whether or not they're going to follow Jesus. You know, it may have had nothing to do with uh, how you've raised them. I think one of the things we did for our kids that was good that really brought them to Jesus early was raising them in a very imperfect home because they both knew they needed the Lord to survive life with us. <laughs> you know, the, the truth is, we can bring that who to God as well. My old pastor uh, from college used to say, trust God and love people and you'll never go wrong. You might say, well, I trusted that person. The Bible actually never tells you to trust anyone. The Bible tells you to love everyone. But God is the one who can be fully trusted. In another book of the Bible, uh, we see uh, what is taught there. Uh, It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he might lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. So, So here's the deal, is that God wants for you to win this battle. He wants you to win this battle of, of trust or prayer versus worry and anxiety, even when the worries are very real. But, but part of it is what God will do miraculously. I think that God works miraculously. He still does today. He does it when he wants to. But not only does he intervene, he also teaches us how to live life differently. And that's really what uh, this next part is, is uh, when we talk about uh, number three, to flip your script. Uh, What I mean by that is the internal dialogue uh, that we have in our mind, that that we tell, the stories we tell ourselves, 
uh, about ourselves. Uh, and how we live life, how we think can really determine so much. I don't know uh, if, uh, how many of you have Netflix? Yeah. Uh, any of you binge watch TV shows? Yeah, I didn't ask you to raise your hand, but thank you. That's great. <laughs> thank you for admitting that. Uh, so, uh, so, so you binge watch uh, TV a little bit. Now, now we've all, all, all done that a little bit. I was talking to Shane, who's our, uh, our uh, Redmond campus pastor and our lead campus pastor, and he was talking, and he was telling me about this crazy dream that he had. And I said, really? And he was going, yeah, you know, I had this crazy uh, dream. I said, well, what's been going on? He said, I've been binge watching for days The Walking Dead. (laughs) And part of his dream was that one of the staff members at Timberlake Church turned into a zombie and started killing you. (laughs) I'm like, huh, I wonder why that happened. And uh, I'm not saying that Shane's a bad guy. I mean, he could be. No, just kidding. The, uh, but but there's, there's some truth in what are we feeding? What, what are we fe- What's the story we're telling ourselves? What are the stories we're letting other people tell us? Is it one of trust and faith? Here's, here's what uh, it says in Philippians 4, 8 through 9. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put in practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, notice that there's some conditionality around that, is that we can't live the same way, think the same things, and expect there to be peace in our life. It's interesting as you, uh, if you read much, and I love to read, uh, that science has actually given credence to the Scripture, not that it needed to. Uh, for example, people who struggle with addiction. And if you, if you struggled with addiction, he, the, here's the bad news of addiction is once those neuropathways are in there, they're sort of like you'll, you, you, you think a certain way, like you have to do something, uh, you can never get rid of those. You, re, you really can't. Uh, but you can create deeper neuropathways that will transcend those uh, compulsive behaviors you had before. And that's really what uh, the Apostle Paul is saying long before science discovered it thousands of years later. is saying, if you can focus on this, it will change everything. Another, uh, another aspect of this that Paul learned in his life as he was in prison as he had people turn on him, as he faced a very uncertain future, uh, was the fourth principle, and that's don't stand alone. Uh, Now, for our growth group season, this is the very theme of what we're doing in growth groups. Uh, we're, We're saying, hey, you know what? There's no reason to walk through life alone. 
And maybe you're not alone. You have all sorts of friends, but you don't have people who are encouraging you in your faith on a regular basis, building you up. The Apostle Paul uh, said this in Philippians 4.10. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. You want to enjoy right now? Part of that is saying, God, I'm not only going to bring my, my what's, my who's, my why's to you, but I'm going to make sure that there's people uh, around who, who are leading me towards you. And, and what's the outcome of this kind of life? We read in Philippians 4, 12 through 13, the Apostle Paul, this is sort of as he goes through this exercise in Philippians chapter 4 and, and he works through all of this, he comes to this conclusion in his life. He says, I know what, it's, what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. You ever uh, hit a situation in life, I'm sure you have, where you feel like, I just can't do this. I just can't pull it off myself. The Bible would tell us that that's one of those amazing places because that's where we say, God, I need you deeply in this moment. That's where intimacy, relationship with God is, is built. And that's where God shows up powerfully in our lives. Well, I want to pray with you. And we're going to pray together.